Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Pastor Brian Hallam. I'm so glad you're tuning into this message. So glad you're allowing me to come into your home and share a little bit from God's Word. Today we're going to be talking about worship. And I don't want you to tune out. I want you to tune in. Because it might just be different than what you've thought all along. God bless you. Let's go to the message. The Lord has put a mandate on me to teach on worship. And it might not be what you think. Matter of fact, worship uh, oftentimes is, is not what people think. Worship is, is not music. Matter of fact, if music was worship, how could we explain people that use it different than to magnify God? Music is just music. Now, we can worship with music. And music is in heaven, by the way. So if you don't like music, heaven is going to freak you out. If you don't like, if you don't like people shouting and dancing, if you don't like, if you don't like the supernatural, heaven is going to wig you out. You're, you're going to be, you're going to be very uncomfortable. So I I think we just ought to get comfortable right here, right now with what's going on in heaven. Because Jesus, whenever he was asked how to pray, he said, uh, you should pray that what's going on in heaven would actually start going on here. Because as a Christian, you're an ambassador of this new kingdom. But uh, worship may not be what you think. Worship is, it, it comes from a very uh, secret place that, that, that we all have. It comes from our heart. And the Bible says that God is looking and the time is now. Somebody say now. Uh, John four twenty three. if you can throw that on the screen. Uh, the time is now where God is looking for people to worship in spirit and in truth. Now, the word spirit there uh, can be translated like in, in, the, in the reality of the Holy Spirit and spiritual matters, but can also indicate in vigor, passionate. So the truth of your life is this. You are worshiping something. The question is, what are you worshiping? So if, if, if you sit on your hands at church and, and you never lift them, and you never move, and and, and I'm not saying you, you all have everybody has to dance like everybody else or or any of those things. But if if there's no movement to you, if you if you're sitting there like you're about to take a mug shot, <laughs> did you know movement validates the fact that you're not dead? <laughs> so when the presence of God comes in. When, when, the, when the presence and the power of the Lord Jesus comes into the room, there, it, again, you know, it looks different for everybody because everybody's different, but, but there, there ought to be something that, that validates that you recognize that the atmosphere has just shifted because of the presence of God. And, and, and to be clear and to paint a picture of what it's like for the presence of God to manifest, you have to understand it's not like he's not here all the time. He is. He's, he's everywhere all the time. It's like we just realize it in those moments. Jake, come up here and help me. Y'all give Jake a big hand. Stand, stand right here, Jake. So Jake is, is, is here standing behind me. And, and if I were to teach the whole service and Jake be standing behind me, it, it's not 
that Jake is not there if I don't know he's there. If I don't recognize it, it doesn't mean he's absent. It just means I don't recognize it. So what happens is the Lord is everywhere all the time, but there are times and worship seems to be the avenue that he pours himself into because the scripture says he will inhabit or make a place or when we worship, we make a place for him. He inhabits the praises of his people. So it's like when we worship God, and if you walk in here like you're walking into H-E-B, or you walk in here like you're walking into Target, you're sitting there on your thumbs and acting like, you know what, I'll worship if God heals me. Let me tell you something. If he never did one other thing, he's worth worshiping. But if you, but, but if you come in here and you don't give your heart to God and you don't pour yourself out, he may be standing in the room and you never recognize it. While everybody else is sitting right here talking to him. You missed him. We did not miss him. Because just because somebody is present does not mean you know it. And just because somebody is present does not mean you recognize it. You say, well, how do you explain some of what people feel or even how they react in the presence of God? Well, if Jake was behind me and I didn't know it and all of a sudden I see him, there could very easily be a response where I was potentially surprised to see somebody that I was not expecting. Or maybe I was expecting him, but I didn't know he was there already. And so my natural self response. The same way, except the supernatural side of God is touching not just the spiritual side of you, but the natural side of you. So when you sense some of heaven in this atmosphere, sometimes your emotions can't deal with it and you start to cry. Sometimes your emotions can't deal with it and you start to laugh. Sometimes your physical body doesn't know how to respond and you may fall over. Now, now, falling over does not mean you receive more of God than somebody who did not fall over, but it happens. You say, well, why does it happen? I don't know. But the Bible says miracles, signs, and wonders will follow them that believe. And when you see something that you can't exactly understand, and it just makes you wonder, you just saw wonder. All of a sudden, you, you go, oh, and, and let, me just, let me just say this. It says miracle signs and wonders follow them. It doesn't say we follow them. We do not follow miracle signs and wonders. Miracle signs and wonders follow us. You don't live your life based off of miracle signs and wonders. That would be like living your life based off of a present instead of the one who gave you the gift. Miracle signs and wonders ought to be in your wake. You ought to be able to see where believers have been. Because something changed. Something happened. Somebody got set free that wasn't free. Somebody got forgiven that wasn't forgiven. Somebody got healed that wasn't healed. Something happened. Somebody's heart was, was made tender. Somebody's heart was changed. You said, well, well you just don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not from that. 
you can receive a lot easier than people who have a religious background. Because you don't have to wash out all the poor doctrine while Jesus fills you up. You just have to be filled up. And it begins to change because worship, it's not music. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, one particular thing. Worship is a lifestyle. And he's looking for people to worship in spirit and in truth. He wants people that will passionately worship him. And the fact of the matter is you are worshiping something. And if your offspring hear you talking about Sean Hannity or Anderson Cooper more than you talk about Jesus, you're going to confuse them about what you actually value at the highest level. When you shout at the television when the Houston Rockets are playing, but you come to the house of God and you sit on your hands, or your television never makes it to the to, to somebody preaching a message, or your radio never gets off of honky-tonk station number three, or hip-hop R-Us number seven, or, or, or top 40 at 40. You're going to confuse your children and you're going to confuse yourself because you are worshiping something. And if you celebrate anything else higher than you celebrate the things of God, you want your kids to follow after the things of God, you better make your heroes the heroes in God's Bible. When you, when you talk about the ministry, when you talk about pastors, when you talk about teachers and preachers, it ought, the Bible says, let me tell you what the Bible says. It says double honor is due. The reason is, is because they get double the attack. I are one, so I know. I just don't talk about it. The reason I don't talk about it is because I don't magnify the devil. Because his weapons that are formed against me, they will not prosper against me. So I don't magnify it. But the amount of hostility towards the ministry is outlandish. That's why double honor is due there. And if you honor Rush Limbaugh more than you honor the ministry, your kids are going to want to grow up and be a provocateur. God bless Rush Limbaugh, I guess. I don't know. I've never listened to it. But if you grow up and you say, no, 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 that's a man or woman of God right there. Y'all pay attention. Come on, let's listen. Here comes the things of God. And you walk in here and, 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 and by the time service is going, you're, you're sitting there in church and you're not, you know, thumbing through Facebook the whole time trying to figure out why Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. And now all of a sudden you're going, I might, I might, I might learn something today. I might pick up one thing. Just like any good CD, any good album. You don't buy it because it's got 12 good songs on it. It's got like one or two. And that's how we ought to be living our life. Not understanding, I got to listen to all the other stuff to get the one or two things that might take me the rest of the way that I'm trying to get. When you read a good book, you don't sit there and go, man, every single chapter was amazing. You might find one thing in that book that changes your... When you read the Bible... You don't sit there and go, man, I read 13 chapters. I only got one revelation. That one revelation can take you the rest of your life. Because worship is not music. Worship is a lifestyle. 
Worship is, is, is the attention you pay or don't pay. Worship is the effort you put in. Worship is whether or not you tithe or you don't tithe. What do you mean? Well, God said tithe. God said offer. So if you, if, if you don't tithe, but you're eating out nine nights a week, what are you worshiping? Getting quiet in the library here. But do you, do you feel the gravity of this? You are worshiping something. I say this with, with, with as much humility as I have. I know some of y'all are questions like, I wonder how much he's got. As much as I've got. I promise you my kids don't wonder who I worship. I promise you that. I promise you my kids don't wonder. There is no confusion about who Pastor Crystal and myself, who we work. There is no confusion about our priorities. None. And, and matter of fact, we make it a point. We make it a point to make sure that we don't have any confusion in that area. Because we don't want to raise our kids in a, in a maybe. We want to raise them in the way they should go. Because you're worshiping something. You say, well, what does my worship have to look like? Well, that's between you and God. I can tell you what it shouldn't look like. It shouldn't look like a statue. It shouldn't, it shouldn't look like George Strait touches your heart and Jesus is ignored. Everybody say, God bless King George. <laughs> Notice how his presence is still here and we're laughing. Heaven's filled with laughter. That's why the devil fights your joy so much because that's where your strength is. You walk around like a sourpuss. You're making yourself weak. Because your strength is in his joy. The old grumpy goat. You can, just, you can just be happy in the same shoes. It's our strength. That's why he fights it so much. That's why he wants you bitter and offended. He'll set you back. And we're going to worship for just a minute. Like I said earlier... I, we're not worshiping about him. We are worshiping him. And his name is Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. One other thing. The Lord touched me several times recently. told me this was going to be a summer of his presence. And we're really experiencing that. We're really experiencing that. I'm thankful for that. But he put a mandate on me to teach on worship. Because maybe you've never been taught. Maybe you didn't understand what's actually possible in worship. But we don't worship God like he might show up. Well, is worship what you thought? We're just really diving into it. But I want you to know, worship is one of the greatest opportunities for a believer. The Bible says that God will literally inhabit the praises of his people. It's like we're building him a chair to sit in. Is your worship a chair worthy for our God? It's a challenging statement. We're going to jump right back to the message, but I want you to stay tuned. At the conclusion of today's episode, I have a short message that I want to talk to you about right at the end of service. 
I want to talk to you about what it means to get the gospel around the world and how you can literally partner and help us spread the message of Jesus Christ and his kingdom all over the planet. Think about this. Who's ever picked somebody up at the airport? Just wave at me. Say, I've picked somebody up at the airport. Best day of my life. No. Have you ever just gone to the airport to see if anybody you know is there? You only go knowing they will be there. You even know the flight number. You tracked it on your phone. They text you when they left Denver. Just got on the plane. Say a prayer. Hashtag blessed. You know what gate they're going to be at. C23. You didn't go to the airport wondering if they would show up. You went to the airport with full belief. Outlandishly convinced. And totally expecting them to be there. When you come to the house of God. Don't come in here and wonder if he's going to show up. He's not a liar. Your friend that texts you from Denver is more of a liar than Jesus is. Your friend may not be a liar, but they're more of a liar than Jesus. Because Jesus has never fibbed one time. Ever. So you go to the airport, let's just say like Houston, you go to Terminal C, and you get there, and you park, you're at the arrivals, you're like, they're going to be here any minute. I know they're here, they told me they're going to be here. Didn't he say he would inhabit the praise of his people? Why would we question whether or not he would do it? They said they would be here, here we go. Sitting there waiting, watching the door. And all of a sudden, hey, 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 you. Yeah, you in the dually. You right there. Come on, hey, you. Keep it moving. Let's go. You can't stop here. But they're coming. They're, they're coming. Keep it moving. Everybody's waiting on somebody. Fine. What do you do? Do you leave the airport? You take a lap. And then you come right back to the place where he said he would meet you. That's worship. He said he would be here, but I don't see him. Take a lap. And you get right back to the place he said he would meet you. But he said he said he would be here at, at 2.55 and it's 2.56. You don't know what's going on in the heavenlies. Take a lap. You're sitting there. Staring at the arrival door. Oh, my friend from Denver is going to be here in just a minute. I can't wait. They just text me. I'm here. And then all of a sudden, change of plans. They move me to Terminal A. And you got an option. You can either sit at C and get nothing. Or you can make a change. You can either sit at C and say, but we prayed about this song list. I prayed about this message all night. 
This is where I knew he was going to show up. Or you can realize, change of plans. He's not coming out that door today. He's coming out that door. And if you, because of pride or arrogance, let me tell you what, what it feels like. Pride or arrogance. This is how I've always done it. These are the songs we like to sing. Murmur, murmur, murmur. This is the way we worship. You should notice there's always a new thing in every generation. And the previous generation almost always fights it. Unless they're really following Jesus. And then they say, I don't care what it sounds like. If Jesus shows up, I'm down. And so you, you get there, you get the text like, change your plans, got to go to terminal A. Instead of being frustrated, you go, now I know where he is. Quick, 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 change that song, quick. Go, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Change it, change it, change it. No, 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 I was going to preach out of John 4, but now I'm going to go to John 6. Change it, quick. He's coming out of a different door. And then you drive up with the exact same expectation, not wondering if he will show up, but just wondering, when are you going to walk out the door? I know you're here. And then you get to Terminal A, arrivals, and you sit there. Turn the air on. You got your little bottle of water because they're probably going to be thirsty after being locked in that aluminum tube at 30,000 feet. And somebody goes, hey, 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 you. Keep it moving. But he just said, he was going to be here. I said, keep moving. Take a lap. And come right back to that place where he said he would meet you. He said, I will inhabit the praises of my people. Stop worshiping about him. Stop singing about him and sing to him. See his face when you sing. Lift your hands because he's made them holy by bleeding out of his own. Worship him with an expectation that you are coming in the room. And I know it. And you won't fail me. Well, I don't feel him. I don't sense him. That person senses him. That person is obviously being touched. How come not me? Take a lap. Take a lap. Take a lap. If it's a thousand laps, do it until he walks out. Because the moment that he touches you, everything that it took to get there melts. No, I, I thought it was going to be quicker. Me too. What's his favorite song? Pins on the day. What's his favorite verse? He is the verse. How come this person's being blessed and this person's being blessed, but I'm not sensing anything? You have no idea what's happening above you right now. We don't go to the airport 
and just seeing if somebody we know is there. That's ridiculous. We go because they said they would be there. We don't worship him as if he may or may not show up. You're already wrong if that's your thought. He said, I will meet you there. I will pour myself out into the thing you call a life and fill it with myself. And it's in those moments everything in your life changes. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode on worship. I pray it's been a blessing to you. I pray it's challenged you. You know, worship, the Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. One translation indicates it's like we're building a chair for him to sit in. So here's something that you might think about. Is your worship building a chair that is worthy for our God? I know it can be challenging. I know it's a great time of reflection. But we ought to pour ourselves on him like he was willing to pour himself out for us. Listen, I am so thankful that you've tuned in. And next week, I have a great episode ready for you. But I want to talk to you for just a minute about partnership. See, this message of the kingdom needs to go around the world. The Bible says that whenever we partner together, that we are partakers of the same grace. That means that even though I'm standing on the other side of a camera, preaching and teaching the word of God, when you partner with me, every grace that is on this ministry gets on your house. When somebody gets born again, you're a partaker of that grace. When uh, something good happens for somebody because they begin to believe the gospel of the kingdom through this ministry, you're a partaker of that grace. I salute all my partners. I thank you for helping me get this message out. But maybe you'd like to become a partner today. Go right now to brianhallam.com and you can sign up today to be a partner. You'll find other resources there, other teachings. But it's something that's very special to me because when we partner together, we are stronger than we would be alone. God bless each and every one of you. God bless my partners and those who are choosing to be today. But maybe you would say this. Maybe you would say, you know what? I don't even know who this Jesus is. Well, let me just tell you quickly. He loves you very much. If you've never given your life to him, I want to lead you in a prayer today. Just say this after me. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now. I repent of my sins. I give you my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I believe you've been born again. Get yourself in a good Bible-believing church. If you're in Texas in the College Station area, come out to my church, New Heights Church. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.